Hello, friend, and welcome to episode 93 of the Steady On podcast, Embolden. I'm your host, Angie Bauman, and my guest today is author, speaker, and podcaster, Amy Debrick. Amy's focus is on helping us take steps to conquer fears and insecurities. And I have a question for you to ponder. Is there anything you feel God nudging you towards that you found ways over the past months or even years to talk yourself out of trying? I've been there. I've also been the one living in a state of perpetual emotion, doing so many things for God that I didn't have time to hear from God. And one thing I'm learning about myself is that sometimes I stay busy because that's less scary than taking steps in a new direction. Amy shared a verse during our interview that I've claimed as the verse for this episode. It's found in 1 Thessalonians 2 2. Hear it from the Passion Translation. We were emboldened by faith in our God to fearlessly preach his wonderful gospel to you in spite of incredible opposition. As sometimes we preach the good news of Jesus Christ with words, but more often we preach the good news with actions. We reach a hand to someone else and offer something we have to assist them in their journey. But extending that hand often comes with some risk. And so we keep that hand close by our side, don't we? Allowing fear and anxiety to decide for us. Amy spent 15 years of her life bound by fear and anxiety, and it took a cancer diagnosis for her to begin to take steps out of that place and into a place where she made decisions based on the promises of God rather than on her worries. Amy is a work in progress. I am a work in progress. You are a work in progress. But together, we can hear and respond to the call to step out as people emboldened by faith. Let's listen in. Welcome to the Steady On podcast. We are so glad that you're here. I'm Angie Bauman, and with me today is my guest, Amy Debrick. Amy, welcome to the Steady On community. Thank you for spending a little time with us today. Thank you, Angie, for having me. I'm excited to uh, have this conversation today. Me too. Amy is a wife and a mom and a cancer survivor, and she is an author and a podcaster. Her podcast is called Life on Purpose, and we're going to spend some time talking about your latest project called Embolden. And I have to say that when, before I was familiar with your work, I actually didn't, I don't know that I'd ever heard the word embolden. And so <laughs> I, I was like, that is an interesting word. Like, I think I know what it means, but I was interested in learning more about what it means. So would you just tell us a little bit about this passion that you have and the reason that you would title a, a project, a book project embolden? Well, that's a great question, actually. Um, I do get asked that quite a bit. And one of the reasons after we created Embolden, which is an encouragement journal for women, um, although I've had men read it as well, but it was, you know, the pictures are definitely more geared for women, that we wanted to give it a name that, you know, um, that kind of immediately gave the feeling of being confident or courageous or brave. And so, you know, we went through the gamut and uh, we came across Embolden and Embolden is in the Bible. And so I thought, you know what? We loved it. It just was like a perfect godly fit. So that's where it came from. And it's really means to give someone the courage or confidence to act or behave in a certain way. And so, you know, that's kind of what we're hoping that 
Embolden actually does in someone's life. How is Embolden used in the Bible? Uh, well, one is that we really like is First Theologians. First Theologians um, 2 2 says, The Spirit of God emboldens us to, pro- to proclaim the gospel without fear. Um, so that's one. There are a few different ones in there, but they all kind of relate about really being bold in our faith walk. And so that's really, that's really kind of what the, um, the takeaway is from embolden as you work through the journal is to really have Christ embolden you in your life. And if you're a first time Christian or you're not a Christian at all, you know, we also wanted to be able to set somebody up to want to learn more, to want to know um, about the love of Christ and how you can walk confidently with him, um, especially in today's world, when I think that there is a lot of fear and anxiety. And and if you don't have that belief system, um, what a great opportunity to, to start now. So I know that the journal really does encourage people, especially if they're struggling with fear and insecurity and anxiety. And so do you see bravery, you use that word already. And this word emboldened, do you see that as kind of the opposite of fear and anxiety? Is that what you're hoping? Is that your hope with the message that you can sort of encourage people to walk in a different lane, if you will? Yes, definitely. And, and we did that really intentionally based off of our own experiences. You know, I co-wrote this with my oldest daughter. And one of the lines that I actually use a lot in writing and speaking is fear is normal, but courage gets the final say. And I think that, you know, you, you do, you don't want to hang on those fears because I know from somebody who lived with severe anxiety for years, um, that what a burden that is number one and how it really does steal the joy in being able to live your life. And so I know you had mentioned, you know, uh, host the podcast life on purpose. Well, life on purpose is, is if you say it slow enough, it's, it's literally that it's actually living on purpose. And I think sometimes, and I know for myself, when I was in uh, experiencing and living in fear all the time and anxiety, you do the opposite. You're not living on purpose. You're just getting through each day. You're going through the motion and you miss so much. I missed so much when my kids were little because I was so fearful and had so much anxiety. Um, one of the reasons for that was not only just, um, you know, a, a growth that I needed to do with myself and my faith walk, but also I kept quiet and, um, and that was to my disadvantage. I think if I was able to, or had been able to, um, share a little bit more and set my pride aside that it would have fostered more fellowship with people who could have maybe gotten me to a place to like work through a journal like this. And, um, you know, because, you know, there's a few things that happen. And like I said, this whole book for my daughter and I setting it up was so intentional to us because, you know, we all have personalities similar to other people out into the world. And so I, but I do think a lot of times in the Christian community, when you hear a lot about community and fellowship and, and all of that, is wonderful and so important. But I think sometimes we forget that sometimes it's people don't just not do it because they're not interested. Sometimes they just don't have the confidence to do it or the confidence in themselves to do it. And so we wanted this journal to be something that if you're that person, you know, after going through this, 
maybe that'll give you that little extra what you know boost you needed to feel confident to you know uh, sign up for something or you know get out of your comfort zone you know we're big into this book and getting out of our comfort zone because you know comfort is wonderful until it keeps you stagnant and then it's not so great anymore you know it's that security blanket but if you're counting on your comfort then you're not really counting on god and that was really my whole experience and my daughter was at the beginning of feeling those way that way and that's why we created it together we wanted to make sure that women of all ages could really kind of get a hold of that sooner than maybe I did, you know, at 40 um, and really kind of reach them as early as we possibly can. I have a couple of things I want to circle back based on some of the things you were just saying so much good stuff in there. I, I think comfort can be an idol for us. You were just saying that about comfort. Like, I think there's so many times that we're actually, our choice is between choosing comfort and choosing walking in the spirit. Even if you will, I'll say that like living life on purpose, I think is so much leaning into the leading of the Holy spirit, but it's scary because we can't see from a to Z right when we do that. And so we'll just like, no, I think I can serve God and stay in this comfortable place. And we can, and we do because there, you know, there's truth in that too, but there are some things that we definitely miss as we, because there's something so beautiful that happens when we step out to do something that we're not a hundred percent sure we can do, but we are a hundred percent sure that God's calling us that direction. Right. Yeah. 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 And it's definitely scary. I mean, we're not taking the the fear factor out of it. We're We're just taking the, you know, trust God to trust yourself, to do it, to make that step. And like you said, I mean, once you do it, it almost becomes a little bit of a slow domino effect. Once you can see yourself like, okay, this was like, you know, your, your labored breathing. We always joke like that, you know, when you're, if you have to speak or you're showing up and you're a bundle of nerves and the whole nine yards. But once you leave, once you've done it, it's like, I just did something hard. And I think a lot of times too, as women, we kind of disqualify some things that we might think might not be considered hard to someone else as still being hard to us. And that we really need to kind of acknowledge that as an obedient win when we do it, you know, everybody's um, comfort level is different. And so, you know, for us being more introverted, things that seem very basic to maybe the extrovert and who's got her hands in all kinds of community stuff, it may seem minimal. And I think sometimes too, we, we forget that that's still important and we have to just keep going with that. And ours, our journey and fellowship is going to look entirely different from the next woman's and that's okay. As long as we're being obedient and we're just taking that brave step, even when it feels painful, because sometimes it can be painful. Yes. And I hear you saying embolden in one person doesn't look the same as embolden in another person. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And I think that's just because we're all wired so differently and we all have different strengths, which is wonderful. And we all have different weaknesses. And so, um, but I think the most important thing is just being able to use the Bible and scripture as a resource. I think we look sometimes for all these resources, you know, we're very, um, and I'm, I'm this person as well, you know, very, uh, 
interested and, you know, how I can be better and how I can do this better. And, you know, we get a little bit caught up and I do think sometimes even the self-help and the affirmations can become idols. But if we're using the Bible as that self-help resource, I think it just shifts the perspective a little bit and can really kind of help foster that confidence because he's already rooting for you. He's already has confidence in you, even when we don't have it in ourselves. And so there's something, there's something to be said for that. Absolutely. Let me ask you something else. You said earlier, you mentioned about staying quiet in your time of anxiety was for you. You've realized a form of pride. Would you talk about that just a little bit more? What do you mean by that? Sure. Well, um, I was that person. So I had two major tragedies by the time I was 26. I had my oldest brother had passed away and our firstborn son had passed away just within a matter of 16 days of each other. And so because at that time I still considered myself to be um, an immature Christian, and we can talk more about that after if you want. um, I really, I was trying to do what you mentioned earlier. I was trying to still be driving the car and just let God being in the passenger seat. And so, and you can only do that for so long. And so um, I did that because I wasn't reaching out because I was, I was embarrassed that I couldn't fix myself. I had a lot of shame with that and a lot of pride because I thought that I could fix myself, that I, without consciously saying, I don't need you, God, I was, you know, and I was just talking about this this weekend. Um, We don't necessarily intentionally take God out of our lives or exclude him. But when we don't intentionally include him, that's when we've got a problem. And that's what I did. And so I thought, you know, I, whatever I needed to do, I was going to do to fix my anxiety. And it didn't work. It was 15 years. And, uh, and then at 40, it was a long time, a long time. And so, you know, that's one of the reasons too, is I think the more we can be vulnerable and share now. I mean, you know, at that time I would have never told, I didn't want to tell anybody because it was so embarrassing. I'm like, I cannot believe I cannot, you know, I'm an intelligent person. I'm strong. And to me, that was a weakness and I didn't like it. And the, the problem is it wasn't a weakness. The strength would have been to just lean into God and have him help me. But at the time I was the God, I wanted to be able to do it. So I'm going to, I'm going to guess then that this idea of being an immature Christian and kind of saying to God, I don't need you kind of goes together. Right. And then that maturing process is, is about what you were just saying, intentionally inviting him in. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but is that, is that fair to say that that maturing process was about intentionally inviting him in? Yes, definitely intentionally inviting him in. And what is that? that yeah. Well, I was going to say, what does that look like? Yeah. Intentionally inviting yeah, and, him in. Yeah. And how, that, and how that would actually be any different than what I was doing before. And so for me, the, the shift in the, my immature faith as to more a mature one or the road to it, you're never fully matured. Right. I don't feel like is, was surrendering. So mm-hmm. when I did turn 40, I had, um, I received a cancer diagnosis and it was at that moment, I, I got it finally. Every, the, everything finally clicked. And I, and I was like, you know what, God, I, I can't do it. I, I can't do it. And I don't want to do it anymore. It was exhausting. And I just surrendered it to him. And so that was the beginning. 
because then I understood, okay, I, I've always identified as a Christian, but if I don't make a change, what, what's the difference? And so once I actually let it go, let all this burden of trying to control my health, my kid's health, you know, every situation and just every concern that would be like a minor thing, it would spiral to a, you know, times a thousand of something horrible that could happen. And once I stopped doing that, because I would, I wouldn't let myself go there. I would just, if something would come up, I would just have to go to him, go into his word. That was the difference. And I think that, um, I also, I don't want to mislead anybody here either by saying that, you know, that's the BL end all that's a daily struggle. That's a daily, uh, act of obedience for me. Um, I have that tendency to be a warrior. And so I have to give it up to God every day. But it's a but it's something intentional that I'm doing as opposed to not doing. So I want to ask you what that looks like, maybe a little bit more specifically, because I love practical things, you know, for our friends that are dealing with anxiety. And I we all deal with anxiety. I really believe we do. I used to think I didn't deal with anxiety very much because I wasn't anxious the way I thought anxious was. And over Mm -hmm. time, the Lord has just really helped me understand this is what anxious is for you. This is what it feels like for you, you know? And so I think we all deal with it in a variety of different ways, but you said you, you keep giving it back to God or you go into his word. And so do you have familiar things that you look for to remind you of promises or do you have a, like a reading plan or kind of what is that when you're like, Hey, I feel that anxiety rising. I need to spend a minute of, you know, intentional surrender and inviting him in. What's that like for Amy? Honestly, for me, when it's that high, when I feel like it could be the potential of something to run away in my mind or, you know, my heart or whatever, I, now I'm kind of at the point where maybe it's because I'm getting older and I don't really care anymore of image and all of that, but I, I get on my knees now. And I just say, you know what, God, whatever it's going to be, I'm leaving it up to you. And I think, I think I probably could have said that before, but I don't know if I would have actually meant it. Mm. And I I don't know if just the circumstances in general, or just my faith or the whole process has led me to that point. But I just finally had to reconcile with the fact that I need to be okay with whatever he allows in my life that I'm going to be okay with it. And it was really, it's more of a, a mind shift. And so when I, those are really the practices when something comes up, it's the prayer to that. I don't have any special prayer. I mean, I do devotions every day and all of that just to stay current in, um, you know, different teachings and, yeah. and at different times of the year. But to me, when those things present themselves, that's my go-to. I go to very basic. It's not anything complicated. I'm just, you know, God, I, you know, I'm trusting you first, you know, think- and that was something that I didn't do. I had a trust issue for sure. Yeah. I think that's so important because I talk a lot about having a plan because, you know, when we have hard stories, when we have things, when we know we have anxiety, when we have trauma that raises its ugly head, you know, those things it's going to come. We're going to have days where we struggle, where it gets hard. And I think it's so important for us to know that about ourselves and to say, okay, this is what I do when that happens. Because I think then we feel more emboldened to deal with it. Do we not? You know, and I love what you said about kneeling, because I think for 
I think for this is true for me. There is something about posture that makes my heart or my brain or something take notice and shift. And so it doesn't have to be kneeling, but if there's some kind of act of surrender, this is what surrender looks like in my physical body. I think that sends our heart, our spirit, our brain, a message, you know, that says, this is what we do that makes these anxious feelings, these fear, these insecurities, when the same one's coming up again, dissipate. Right. Well, I totally agree. I mean, that was the first thing I did when I had that diagnosis. And I was kind of just like, I'm at the end of my rope here. And I I did, I did, I physically surrendered. And I think that there is something to be said for that. I think it's just like, you know, this fear is defeating me, but your trust is what's going to give me the strength. And so I, I needed to and I still do at times to get down on my knees. And, and that's a, you know, obviously a personal thing and yeah. not saying that that's everybody's road to surrender. But for, for me, I totally agree with you. I think that there's something about the posture in that, that is really profound. Yeah. And, and find your thing. You know, I just encourage the listener right. to do that, you know, because I think there, I know there is something that we can do and it might change as our seasons and our circumstances change, but what's the thing that you're this is the, these are the breathing exercises. This is the verse that I return to. This is the posture of my body, you know, that, that helps you move from where, from that sort of soul chaos that I call it to a place of greater peace. What was it, Amy, about the cancer diagnosis? Do you think, is it, was it wrestling with your own mortality? Was it losing control of your, you know, your time schedule or what, what was it you think that kind of was the, a breaking point for you with this? Uh, I definitely think it was my own mortality in the sense that I had been worrying about my own mortality since my brother and son had passed away gotcha. to it, you know, and so that was the underlying cause of my anxiety. And so I kind of felt like, even though throughout those 15 years, God had sent me a million signs and signals that I just wasn't willing to pick up on. Yeah. But in that moment of the diagnosis, I felt like, okay, you know, this is, this is it. This is my this is what, what I've, been, I've been waiting for has arrived almost. Yeah, what I, yeah. I've mm-hmm. been waiting for this moment. And so it was almost like I heard God say to me, you know, it's here. So what are you going to do? Are you going to finally trust me or, or not? And it was, it was that it sounds so probably sim- ridiculous because it was so simple, but it was that simple for me at, the, at that point. And, and I think because I had struggled for so long and it was so physically and mentally exhausting that I was like, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm trusting you. How is your health now? My health is great. I just had my 10 year mark in May. So I'm 10 years out and it was a Hodgkin's lymphoma. I know people ask me that as well. Um, diagnosis and, um, I'm grateful. Good, good. So I'm going to switch topics just a little bit. I want to talk about your daughter because you mentioned earlier that this project, this emboldened journal is, was co-written with your daughter. What was that like for you? That journey of writing with her? Uh, it was hard sometimes. I bet. (laughs) Uh, but she's, she's great. I mean, she's, I always say leaps and bounds ahead of, um, I was at that age. And so I'm grateful for that. Um, but it was, it was hard. It was hard and easy. It was hard in the sense more of scheduling. She was a sophomore in college and, you know, I do this full time. And so that was, that was kind of hard. And also um, she and I are very similar in the 
not wanting to, our first reaction isn't wanting to let the world know our shortcomings and insecurities. And so part of it was easier for me just because of my age and what I've gone through. And so it was a little bit of a harder journey for her, which I could totally understand and appreciate. But I think the conversations and the way we set it up and, and really worked through it together. Um, I think it was a healing process for both of us. Great. That's so good. So I know you, you've mentioned a couple of things from the Bible already that were, have been important in your work, but I just wonder in, in your life in general, or with this project, with your podcast, is there a a verse, uh, as you, as you deal with your own anxiety and insecurities that we all have a verse, a passage, a character, a story, anything like that, Amy, that just is something that you're like, this is something I hold on to. This is something I connect with. It gives me a lot of hope. And I remember God's promises through it. Probably, probably I would say my favorite, favorite verse, um, is Proverbs 27, 17, which is as iron sharpens iron. So one man or person sharpens another. And I think that that's just been my whole faith growing experience. And it's just impacted me in such a way. Um, and again, I think has emboldened me and continues to want me to embolden somebody else, because I think that's just so important when you have people in your life, we have a lot of yes people in our lives. Um, but I also think it's, it's so important to have people that just sharpen you and, sometimes call you out, even if it's uncomfortable that, I mean, it doesn't have to be in a rude way. And, um, and I'm not encouraging that by any means, there is a way to deliver something in a loving, in a loving way to really, for someone to interpret as they're, you know, they're doing this for my own good, or they're saying this for my own good or my growth or whatever it is. So that's probably my favorite scripture because I think it's just really how we should all be living with the, that idea of sharpening somebody else. And I I just love that. Yeah. There's a verse that reminds me of a verse. I think it's in Hebrews. I'll look it up and put it in the show notes that talks about how we should spur one another on to, to good deeds. And I studied that word a while back. That's spur. And it's really like an agitation, like a stirring up, like a, like a competitiveness in a good way. I hear that in that Proverbs verse too, where it's like, um, with our lives, we should almost agitate people to want to do more with their lives, to be more emboldened, you know? And I, and I, I love that. It's a high calling though. I think it's challenging. It's easier for us to be the yes man. Uh, but then sometimes we, can actually talk people out of their own emboldened leading into the Holy spirit moment. Right. right. Because we're like, Oh no, that I agree with you. That does sound scary. <laughs> right. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, no, it so- is. Don't do that. That's too risky. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Well, I think it's, you know, I, I think that there's a happy medium there. I yes. think it's uh, an encouragement, but also something where we should maybe praying together as a, you know, whether in fellowship or just, encouraging that person to be in prayer over it and, and have them break down, you know, their reasons or, you know, where this came from and all of that. So I think there's, there's different practical ways to do it. Um, but yes, I think it's, it's hard, you know, especially when you do care and love about people. Um, sometimes I think it's easier to, you know, want to sharpen somebody you don't know because you don't have any attachment to them. It's, it's harder with the people that we do know, um, because we, you know, we don't want to see them 
not step into something that maybe God has waiting for them. And, um, but sometimes that's hard, you know, if they're not ready and we don't want to push them either. So I think that there's a, it's a learning process, a learning curve, but I think if you're with people that know you at your core and can trust you, I think that's a very, um, fast way to also, um, really kind of evaluate friendships and relationships and maybe how they are categorized. You know, I have a, a, a very small, uh, tight knit group of women, um, my daughter included my oldest daughter. And I think that it's really one of the wonderful things about it is we all have different opinions at times and different things like that. But and sometimes we get on each other's nerves because that's what you do when you're just around people more than, you know, normal. But I think because we all know each other's core uh, values and just um, just the, there's an underlying love behind everything, even with that annoyance at times or whatever it is that you can get past your own hurt feelings for five minutes if something has been said and then really kind of think about it in a more positive way. Like, okay, well, what are they trying to tell me here? And what am I maybe not wanting to hear? Yeah. I have a very good friend. Also, I was thinking of her as you were talking just now, because we've been friends for over 20 years and she's so supportive of me. And there have been so many ways she's demonstrated her support of me. And I can remember a few times I'll get emotional just saying this, but I can remember a few times when I was like sort of in one lane, if you will, and her words have lovingly said from my point of view, I think that's the wrong lane. I think your, Mm -hmm. your, your attitude about it or your decision about it or something um, is more self-serving than Jesus serving or whatever. And the reason it makes me emotional is because she's so choosy, I guess. Like, you know, I know when she says something like that to me, she is coming from a place that she actually does very much support me and she loves the Lord and she believes, you know, and so I, I, I listen to that and I go back to that, you know, the iron sharpens iron because it's through her love for me that she does that. And so there's that, again, it's that trust relationship and some of the people that you're, you know, you're having those kind of conversations with too. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Yeah. So. I, this has been fantastic. I, I love talking to you. I, I love this idea of being emboldened and being able to overcome so many of the things that the enemy would use to hold us back and to not, uh, to encourage us not to step out or to share or to, um, take, take a risk even and follow a Holy spirit leading. And I'm wondering before I let you go, would you give us just a little glimpse into your life? You've talked about a regular devotion time and a couple of scriptures that meant mean a lot to you, but right now, what are you watching or listening to reading? Uh, what's in your earbuds on your nightstand? We just love to know what's, what, what's keeping you connected to God right now. Well, actually, I've been listening to quite a few books. I just finished Lisa Whittles and I've actually, um, which was outstanding, the hard good. If anybody hasn't read that yet, it's such a powerful book. I've also been listening to, um, her name is Rosaria. I can, I'm drawing blank now on her last name, but I've been listening to her audio book, just talking about different ways of, um, hospitality and fellowship and how important that is and communities that even look different from ours and how to really kind of still engage with them in a godly and loving way. Um, I'm reading the book of revelation made plain and clear. Um, a pastor at a church that I'm attending actually wrote this and he's got a workbook with it. So I'm super excited. Give him a little shout out here. I love Um, it. Yes. 
Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a great book and, um, it's just revelation to- plain and clear. It seems like, you know, something that doesn't go together. So I'm, yeah, that's exciting. Well, and that's the one, and that was the reason he did it. And he has yeah. this amazing workbook is to kind of just work through what that looks like. Cause I know, I think people, when people think of revelations, it's like oh, very daunting. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very daunting, yeah. but really it, the way it's laid out isn't. And so I'm I've just started going through this and I, and I'm super excited. I love it, but yeah. So that's kind of where, where I'm at right now. I love that. I love that. And I will find those things and, and link them all in today's show notes. Cause like I said, I love to share resources. So let me just yep. remind you that Amy is, um, at, uh, her book is emboldened brave steps to help you conquer fears and insecurities. She's at amydebrick.com, which I will link in today's show notes. And, um, it's just, it's just been, yeah. Yay. Beautiful cover. I love the cover of the book. Yeah. It's gorgeous. Yeah. So it's been a delight to have you Amy today. Thank you so much for spending this time with us and encouraging us with your word. Well, thank you, Angie. It was a great conversation. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And thank you friend for listening until next time. Peace. Thank you, Amy, for sharing pieces of your story and for encouraging us to intentionally include God in our decisions. And thank you for providing an illustration of kneeling before the Lord when anxiety threatens to overtake us in order to be emboldened by the power of the Holy Spirit. 1 Thessalonians 2.2 again, this time from the message. We were sure of ourselves in God and went right ahead and set our peace, presenting God's message to you, defiant of the opposition. How will you defy your opposition and present God's message to others today? Next week, my dear ministry friend, Jody Nisnik will be in the house, and we're going to be talking about how the life of Joseph in the book of Genesis can help us persevere through life's challenges. Jody is an amazing Bible teacher, and you will not want to miss it. If you'd like to support the ministry of Steady On, there are three things you can do, and they're all free. First, you can subscribe to the podcast. That helps a ton. Second, you can rate and review this podcast because that helps other people find us. And lastly, you can subscribe to my weekly newsletter by visiting the website livesteadyon.com and clicking the orange newsletter button at the top. The link for that is also in today's show notes. I always welcome comments and feedback, so please feel free to reach out to me anytime by emailing steadyonpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. I pray wherever your day takes you, you're walking in the confident knowledge that you are a beloved, cherished child of God. Peace. Peace.